0: God we just thank you for today we thank you that this is your day you've made this day you've gone ahead of us you've made plans for every single one of us your word never fails your word is beautiful it's written with our name on it Lord it's full of promises and life to those who find them Lord and we just thank you that we can build our life that we can believe on you and see freedom and life and restoration no matter what comes our way that you are ours and we are yours, Lord. And so we just dedicate this time to you, and I'm believing for breakthrough today. I am believing for the walls of fear to crumble in the hearts and minds of every person in this room, Lord, and that we would rise up in a new faith, in a new belief in all that you are, God, and be refreshed by Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we're going to start in Mark 5, uh, verse 21. I did not give it to the TV people, so you just got to listen to me. It says, Now Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side. A great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. You know, one of the things I love about Pastor Leon, my dad, and all that he taught us was, He imparted that beautiful teaching to imagine the words on the page. Don't let the Bible just be something you read, something you check off your list, but let Holy Spirit, who was there in every moment, close your eyes, envision it. Imagine what it would have smelled like by the sea. Imagine what it would have sounded like with thousands of people thronging Jesus as he arrived. And imagine being Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, coming and running to Jesus and falling at his feet. And he says, he begged Jesus earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she will live. Now, we don't know if Jairus met Jesus before, but we can see that this is a desperate situation right? Any mom, any dad in that situation where you've done everything you can for your little one and you love them so much. And I'm assuming Jairus heard of a man named Jesus who healed every disease that he came in contact with, the Bible said. He cast out every demon that came in contact with him. That's our Jesus. He is full all the way, doesn't hold back. And Jairus knew this and heard heard of this. And as a ruler, one of the leaders of the synagogue, he knew, I can't do it. I'm missing something. I can't heal my daughter. But there was this hope in him that caused him to run through a crowd. We don't know how long it was from his home to by the sea where Jesus landed by boat. But he begged Jesus and just said, would you come? But I want you to pay attention to his conviction. He didn't say, well, you know, I've heard you do some great things. And I thought maybe he said, she will live. He had already determined by what he had heard. Maybe he saw Jesus heal people before. We don't know. But Jairus made a decision. If you could just come, she will live. And he came with an expectancy and a belief in Jesus. Right? And so it says, um, so Jesus went with him goodness, how would you feel if you convinced Jesus to come to your house, to come heal your daughter? I could imagine the excitement in Jairus. Oh man, he's coming with me. He actually's coming. And uh, you know, this might actually might work. And you know, he's human. He's just like us. He has thoughts that come and doubts. And, but he's like, all right, Jesus is coming with me. And it says that as he was um, leaving with him, a great multitude followed him and thronged him. It wouldn't make me feel very good if I was Jairus. Guys, we just got to get somewhere really quick here. And this was right at the time, we're not going to get into it, but where the woman with the issue of blood was healed. So on Jesus' way to going to Jairus' house, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years touches his hem. And receives healing because she believed if I just touch his hymn. And so Jesus is talking to her while Jairus is trying to get. Could you imagine trying to be the person that ushers Jesus anywhere? Like I would feel a little bit hopeless. But um, you know he's talking to her. And uh, while he's talking to her it says some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. So Jairus had people over. Obviously, he was pulling on any friend, any Pharisee or or priest or whoever at the time that he had known of was trying to do everything they could for their daughter because he had friends there who were waiting for him and Jesus to get back. And they came to him and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? How many times do we... uh, (laughs) of people who don't believe in Jesus like we believe in Jesus and come and say, you know, don't trouble God with that. He's got more important things. You know, that's, that's dead and gone now. That dream, that, that belief that your marriage could, could rejoice in the salvation of Jesus, that dream that your child could come home, don't bother the teacher with that any further. It's dead. It's gone. And Jesus heard it. While he was speaking to the woman, he heard the friend say this to Jairus. And immediately he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Thank you, Jesus. That in the moment of a lie, in the moment of someone trying to tell us what we can have and what we can't have, That the moment the lie was spoken, the moment that the evidence of the physical world, because in the physical, she was gone. They were just telling him what they knew. But Jesus immediately, knowing humanity, because Jesus is a human, at the right hand of the Father today is a man named Jesus. He became one of us so that he could save us, and he understood how we tick. That things come to us, and we have to make a decision the moment, and we are smart to make it the moment we hear it, not to wrestle with it. Jesus knew Jairus is going to wrestle with this fear if I don't nip it in the butt. And he said, do not be afraid. Only. One option. Didn't even give Jairus like two or three to choose from. Just only believe, Jairus. You came here because you believed. Now don't let go of that. You only believe me. Amen? There wasn't five steps on how to get rid of fear. There wasn't, okay, let me lead you through all the philosophy and the doctrine of this. Just don't be afraid. I love the simplicity of our Lord and Savior. I know there's depth and there's meaning to the word. And as you go deeper and as you study the Greek and the Hebrew, you're just like, wow, God, you're so amazing. But let's not complicate what is simple and profound. Let's not look into it further. If Jesus knew Jairus needed more or we needed more, he would have given Jairus more. But he said, just don't be afraid. Just say no. We all understand saying no. I mean, I hope you guys are good at saying no to certain things in your life. I would assume you've said no at some point in your life. It's not that hard. But why do we see it as hard in certain areas of life? Why do we say yes to fear? and we become distracted, we become overtaken. The Bible says fear has torment. Fear is of the devil, not of our father. Jesus destroyed fear. It doesn't even exist, let's go that far, in a child of God. And Jairus and Jesus were in the old covenant at the time when that happened. We don't have to run through a throng of people to try to get to the feet of our savior and beg him to come to our house. Our savior lives in our spirit. And wherever we go, our miracle goes with us. (laughs) But can you be encouraged today by the words of Jesus? Eden, do not be afraid. Just say no. I mean, these are the things we say to our children. Why can't we just live out what we teach them? It's easy, babe. Change your attitude. I don't like this attitude. Just say no to this attitude. And yet we get caught up in our own things in the day and get, I love what Pastor Zach shared last week about victimhood and, and victim mentality. It, it imprisons you. It, it keeps you caught up in so many lies. I can't even go there today. So many lies in fear, in victim mentality, in sickness, in disease, in poverty, in anything that is of the devil, fear is at the root of it. Fear will hold you captive. Fear has kept many Christians in the waiting room of life. And I'm on a mission today to get us out of there. Amen? (laughs) Because no one puts you in the waiting room except you. Because you said yes to fear. Because you said, oh, well, maybe it's not my time yet. Well, Jesus, in his word, said, today is the day of salvation. And so right now, right here, God is in your spirit. And he can't force you to make a decision, but look at how much he believes in you, that at the moment a lie came to Jairus, Jesus instantly gave him truth. And that is the power of the Word of God. This is why we don't just read the Bible. We are called to live by the words of our Father. Let's not chalk up the Bible to just a book. It is the words of a father who loves us and has prophesied and spoken and has sealed us in his Holy Spirit. And when we take the word, it is up to us to believe. Only believe. Two words. Only believe. Let's just live there, Eden, is what Jesus is saying to me. It's what Jesus is saying to you. You don't need to try to figure out why you're afraid or, well, what happened to my daughter? Was she? Are you sure? No, Jairus, don't be afraid. Only believe. Don't ask questions. Don't try to dissect that fear and what's coming at you. You ignore it. You say no, and you keep your eyes on me, the author and the finisher of your faith, right? Jesus. Amen. So, but it's important that we understand Jesus, John 14, one, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. That means you have a lot of authority over your heart. You have ultimate authority and no one can make you feel anything without your consent. No one can make you believe anything without your consent. And I find that so exciting that I, because of God and how he made me, am truly so powerful in what I choose to do with my life. And I know some of you have experienced this. Some of you who have come out of the the depths of addiction, the depths of heartache, the depths of of just the darkest places and have, have seen salvation through Jesus, you've come to see just how beautiful it is when you get your heart off of this world and off of you and you place it on your savior. I know many of us have seen this in our life but it's not for just salvation. It's not just for heaven. There is a gift in salvation that is for today, that is for this moment, that is for every relationship. Amen. That's for your body. And so Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God because up until now, all they knew was God, right? No one knew Jesus. You know, they didn't even know his name yet. They just knew there was a Messiah, a Savior, and this expectancy. And he said, you believe in God. I mean, you've had 2,000 years with him. Believe in me also, Jesus said. And why this is so important is because Jesus is our way to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me because he became one of us so he could carry all of our sin, all of our failures, all of our fears, all of our grief, all of our sickness and disease, they don't belong to us anymore because Jesus crushed them, pulverized them, made them disappear, but the crazy thing is we can choose to pick them back up again when we don't even need to. Could you imagine, because you should imagine, Jesus in the room with you all the time. And if you begin to let the imagination of your heart, just picture him with you, picture him holding your hand, When you have a moment of fear and it presents itself, I'm not saying you can't have fear, period. It will always present itself as an opportunity for you to receive it or say no, right? So you have the thoughts, the Bible says you take them captive and you you bring them to the obedience of Christ and what he's done for you. And so this is why it is so important that you know Christ, that you know his word, because fear can only keep you in the waiting room of life if you don't know the truth and if you don't live by the truth. Because one, one lie of the enemy is making you think you know. Dad would call that mental assent. You feel good for knowing it, but you don't actually do it. But, oh, yes, Pastor Eden, I, I, I know what you're talking about, fear. Oh, okay, so, so you have no fear in your life. You've mastered this. You're walking in the life and victory of Christ. And, and, and he, he comes in and makes us feel better for knowing it, and then we rob ourselves of the experience of actually living it and doing it. So we don't just know the truth. Jesus said, I'll just quote him because he knows what he's talking about. Then Jesus said to those who believed him, So, when you believe on him, this is the next step. If you abide in my word, if you abide, live, dwell, make your home, find your identity, find your purpose, find out what life is really about, what love is really about, what marriage is really for, who you are in your identity, who he made you to be, if you do that, it's your choice where you live, You are my disciples indeed, and then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so we need to take God at his word. We need to not be afraid and only believe. But only believing involves knowing him and resting in him. Because here is the beauty of saying no to fear. You are not doing it in your own strength. He is not expecting you to figure everything out and to be perfect. He's saying, come to me. And Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you decide if it's through your strength, if it's through your energy, your efforts, or if it's through Christ. And there's an easy way of figuring this out. Fear is always through you you (laughs) and your efforts. And your thoughts and your feelings and your strengths and you begin you begin to rely on yourself and you begin to think you've got to figure it out and you've got to prove yourself to God where God says not a, not I who lives but Christ lives in me and if you let yourself live in the word you are letting him live through you which means you're gonna be wrong sometimes and I have learned to be excited <laughs> When I find out where I'm wrong and I'm learning a truth to replace that wrong and to not accept shame or condemnation over it because do we want to be free or do we want to be free? (laughs) Right? And freedom takes looking at truth and living by it. We don't just read the word, we do the word. We don't just hear it and feel better for knowing it. We think about how can I live this out in my marriage? How can I follow Paul as he follows Christ. And as he teaches me in the in the, uh, in the the epistles of the Bible, okay, okay, if Paul did this, I can do this. Paul was just a normal human being, just like me. And look at what he accomplished, and look at where he came from. And we need to be encouraged when we see people taking God at his word and overcoming things, because God is not a respecter of person. And every person he's given the ability to live in his truth and to experience freedom in all things. You know, I was, I was at the elementary this week, um, SCA, and then I spoke with the high school the next day, and it was so fun because I went to Springs Christian Academy from grade 3 to 12, and I hadn't been at my high school in 20 years. Never thought I'd say that, but <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> and uh, it was so fun to walk the halls and see how it changed and to get... A real view of how we're busting at the seams, and God is doing something, and we are raising up leaders in the next generation, and we need to keep building and growing. So it was so fun, but I shared this with the uh, high schoolers, and I, I thought we needed to hear it too today. Proverbs 12:1 says, "Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid." <laughs> It's in the Bible. Don't be stupid. Someone's like, I knew that was a verse. (laughs) Don't be stupid. I don't wanna be stupid. I don't wanna be a fool. Proverbs outlines exactly what a fool is like. And if you would be wise, you would take it to heart. And if you find out you're a fool, you should repent, say, Lord, wow. Did not realize I was being stupid here, but I see it now. Thank you. I'm I'm gonna turn around. I'm not going this way anymore. And that is repentance. Believers who, who depend on Jesus, who live by his word, live a life of repentance. I often repent, I would say almost daily, sometimes more than once a day. I'll, I'll see something, I'll say something, I'll think something, and I'll go, God, you are so good. I'm sorry that I tried to do this in my own efforts. Now, I'm not saying sorry because he doesn't forgive me. I'm saying sorry for my own heart. My heart needs to hear me say, this is not how we live. This is not how we walk out this marriage or your parenting or grief or whatever it is you're facing. You need to take the word and let it correct you because you don't want to be stupid. You don't want to live a stupid life. Let me tell you. Amen? (laughs) And those who love instruction love, knowledge, and what does he say in Hosea 4, 6? My people perish for a lack of knowledge. So don't let that be you on your watch. Don't just sit around thinking, well, God will tell me if he needs to tell me. He told you exactly what you need to know. And the enemy is on a mission to make this some old dusty book that sits on your shelf, or that sits on your nightstand, and when you dare to pick it up, and Jesus, and you hear his words, don't be afraid, Eden, that you can't understand this. Don't be afraid. Only believe me. Believe that these words are your words. Believe that who I say you are is who you are, and just say no to fear. Just say no to addiction. Just say no to lying and adultery and gossip and and live in me because that's not who you are. I know who you are. I made you. And the beautiful thing about this life with Jesus is like, I already said this, but he's in us. It's not Jairus where he needs to go somewhere to get him. Everywhere you go, God is with you. Everywhere you go, when lies come at you, when the world tries to bring what it wants you to believe, when the enemy tries to keep you in the waiting room of life, the way to get out is to say, I don't belong here. I believe Jesus. I'm going to build this life with him. I'm going to get up. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The man by the pool of Bethsaida. He'd been there for over 30 years, I couldn't imagine. Like, put yourself in their shoes, he's there over 30 years lame. What kind of life is that? And what did Jesus ask him when the man called out to him? Jesus said, do you want to be well? And I think we need to use that fire of desire. We need to want it. Because the enemy makes you think you can't want it. Don't trouble the teacher, your marriage is dead. Don't trouble the teacher your child's made his decision and he's going his own way don't trouble and you surrender your authority the truth of who you are and God didn't make you do that you have ears Bible says let him who have ears hear you decide what you're gonna hear you decide what you're gonna take in and Jesus said don't be afraid just believe and what did Jesus say to the man at the pool of Bethsaida after he said do you want to be well and he's asking that us to uh, us today. Do you want it? Do you really want it? Yes, Lord. Yes, I do. Well, then pick up your mat. Get up. Amen. That's what Jesus said to the man. He didn't sit there for hours and, <laughs> okay, well, tell me how you got this way. And let's talk about the fears you face. He said, do you want it? Show me you want it, get up. Show me your heart believes that I can heal you. Show me, and, and, and this isn't an efforts thing, it's your heart, it's, it's saying, I believe him. It was like he was saying, are you afraid or will you believe me? Do you believe you can get up? And the man got up. Could you imagine after 30 years of never being able to walk and being able to walk on your feet and to be able to tell all your loved ones, man, and that is available to all of us today. Do you want to be well? Well, then get up and take this seriously because this is life and death. Right? And I know I'm coming at you really straight today, and it's maybe a little bit different than how I usually speak to you, but this is how I talk to myself. When I go through the hardest days, and let me tell you, I have faced days that I never thought I would have to face. What got me through them was saying no to fear, even when I didn't know why I should say no to fear. And even when everything looked like I should be scared, if Jesus destroyed fear, if God said, cast your care on me and let me take care of you, if the word says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want that he makes me to lay, lie down in green pastures, that he restores my soul. Doesn't just baby it and patch it up and a few scars here. I get restored in the presence of God. Then that's where I'm putting my faith. And no one will take that away from me. And no one can take that away from you. And let me tell you, in this last year, these six words have been my foundation in everything. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Even when it didn 't make sense, and let me tell you, I hope this sets some of you free i don 't need to know how it works. That one took me a while to figure out because I love to know how things work, and I love to know the inner workings and well but how and why like how does how does Jesus set me free and how does how does it just all fit how, how do all of a sudden i 'm stronger and i 'm confident and you 're just like okay but it's got be it 's got to be more complicated than that, and we get caught up in the how and the and And I started to realize when someone says, let me take care of it, Ian, it means you don't have to worry about a thing, right? It means you don't have to be concerned about how or why or when. You just have to go, thank you. Yeah, I'll let you take care of that. That's awesome. Because why? God loves you so much and we get in our own way, and we let the enemy and the world lie to us, and the beauty of that is you can stop. You can stop right now, and you can decide, you know what, I've been listening to the world. I've been listening to what the enemy has to say. Yeah, I feel like I'm stuck in a waiting room, and if I can get up, I wanna get up, and if I can believe him, I wanna believe him, and the Lord is so gracious. He's so merciful, the word says, and you can come to him and say, Lord, I want to believe you, like how you spoke to Jairus. Will you teach me? Will you help me? And he doesn't just leave you to figure it out all on your own. He walks with you, and he talks with you. And as you get his word into your heart, he paints pictures. You get dreams, you get thoughts where God will lead you and try to correct you through his word. And what I've noticed about God's word and and how he speaks to us and if you haven't read Dad's book, I really encourage you to get The Spirit Contemporary Life. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book that talks about how Holy Spirit communicates to us. But often you hear it as your idea, as your thought. Because the Bible says that we are one in the Spirit with God. So it kind of makes sense why we hear it in our head in first person. Because me and God, were one. And you can't separate us. You can't separate me from the love of God. Where can I go that I'd ever escape you, Lord? The highest heights, the lowest depths, David said. And so sometimes you'll get an idea. And let me Tell me if you've been there. <laughs> you should say sorry to your spouse. You know, ideas like that. Ideas that are like, oh, like I got to swallow my pride here. Um, the Bible says pride comes before a fall. So if we can just accept that and go, I don't want to live in pride. I don't want to... If we can begin to realize that wherever we are not making a correction, there's fear there. Wherever we feel like, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to do something different here, but I don't know if I have the guts to do it. You don't, but you and God together do. So you call out to him and you say, Lord, I think you're telling me to apologize to my spouse. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) So Lord, I'm going to listen. And I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to show my spouse love because I believe that's you. And as you obey and you let him correct you, as you decide, I'm not going to be stupid. He's able to impart to you the right words that will minister to your spouse because you are leaving your heart and your will in the care of your loving father. And he has a way of communicating to you that feels just like your words, just like your thoughts. And as you recognize it, you thank him. I thank you, Lord, that you believe in my marriage even more than I do. Give me that faith, give me that belief. Show me how to love my husband. Show me the gifts and the talents and the things you've put in him. Teach us how to be a team because your word says that we are one. And what God has put together, no man can separate, including myself. (laughs) So when you wake up to the fact that you can wreck things, (laughs) when you wake up to the fact that you in and of yourself is a problem, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, no, I don't want my ways. I want your ways. I want your thoughts. And I thank you, Jesus, that I can have them. As I stay with you, as I know your word, as I meditate, as I thank you for what is mine, and I say no to fear and I only believe you, I'm walking in your freedom, and you are, you are directing me, you are directing my path. Um, I find it interesting that in the word, Jesus spoke to the storm. We often just, like, scream at it, like, Aah! He spoke to it. Peace, be still. You are greater than the storm. He is with you. He has given you authority. He has given you precious promises that are yes and amen in him. But what we can see from what he told Jairus is fear is a liar. Fear is a robber. And you can live there. And in that same moment, you can get out of there. You can awaken to the fear and go, "Mm -mm. nope, been there, done that. I know where fear leads me. I know the torment. I know what happens when I get my eyes on me. But how beautiful that God's given me the ability to surrender and to get my eyes on him. And I'm not perfect at this. But I will tell you in the last year, as I have not let myself be afraid, I have said no to stress. And let me tell you, I hear Christians say it's normal to be stressed. It is not normal for a child of God to welcome stress. That's what my Bible says. So stress is a liar. It's a robber. Just look at what it does to the body. What doctors have found that anxiety and depression. Well, my doctor says I have this. Well, who are you going to believe? Don't be afraid. Only believe in him and let his words Fill your heart. Fill your imagination. And I understand that this is going to take more than tonight (laughs) at your bedside reading one verse. But start. Start trusting him and let him paint a new picture of what a child of God looks like. And begin to guard your heart like never before because your life depends on it. The life of your future generations depends on you, not depending on yourself... But getting yourself out of the way and just saying, Lord, I will never leave you. I will never take my eyes off you. I will always remind myself that you are with me. You are with me. You are for me and not against me. I will learn your word. I will live your word. As we close up, we need to remember who we are. Ephesians 2 says, So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. You are part of the household of God. You are not a foreigner. You are not a guest in God's home. You are of him, you are made of him. You look like him. He loves you. He wants to take care of you. So we need to let him. And it starts with this understanding that I'm not a guest in the waiting room, waiting for my number to get called. Well, I'll get healed when God calls my number. It was a lie from the pit of hell, because Jesus bore <laughs> our sicknesses on the cross, and by His stripes you were healed. You were healed at the cross and it's up to you to let your imagination run wild with the promises of God and to picture yourself right there at the cross. Look at him. See how he bore it, because you need to remember it. You need it imprinted on your brain that it's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's not about me trying to live perfect. It's about me surrendering my life to my Lord and Savior and saying, take it. My life's yours. You do what you want with it because you are for me. You are not against me. You are love. You are life. You are peace. And remembering that he is in you. You have it all. You're not begging. You're not trying to convince him. It's already been taken care of. You just got to take it by faith. Yeah. You need to believe him and say, I don't, I don't worry because the Lord my God is with me. That's what he said, so that's what I say. So we live in the word and we speak the word. And that's why I love what Pastor Zach started last week. And I wanted to just add a little bit of emphasis and build on what he started to say. These are not little ditties that make you feel good and get you through your day to just stay in the waiting room of life. These are life to those who find them. These are your identity, who God made you to be. This is your promised land that you are to possess like God told the Israelites, go into your promised land. It's yours. Go get it. I'll go ahead of you. Every army you will defeat. He prophesied. He told them it's a done deal. And they stayed in the waiting room and they didn't believe him that it was theirs. And God's saying, this is who you are in Christ Jesus. And these beautiful declarations that Pastor Zach wrote, when you read them each day, as you take the event cards home with you, put it somewhere Maybe on your door as you leave your house and encourage your kids, before we leave, we're going to say this out loud and with conviction because this is what we believe. Today we're saying no to fear, no to the doubts, no to the lies, and we're going to replace it with the word of God because it's life and it's energy and it divides, it gets rid of the junk and it shows us where we need to be corrected. And when you realize you need to be corrected, say, thank you, Jesus, that I can change. Thank you, Jesus, that I can grow, that I can learn, that I can get rid of the baggage that's been holding me back, and that I can be humble enough to tell those I love, I'm sorry, I got it wrong, but I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to let his love transform me, and I'm going to show you, and it's just a decision that only you can make for yourself, but I am encouraged by that, and I have seen it work in my life. And when I fall, I get back up again because there is no shame, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And his grace is sufficient. His grace never runs out. His loving kindness, it lasts forever. That's why no matter what age you are today, no matter how dead you think something is in your life, Please go home and imprint these six words in your mind and on your spirit and in your heart. Do not be afraid. Only believe. You don't trouble the master. You don't trouble the teacher. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden and burnt out on religion, the message Bible says, and I will give you rest. You don't need to figure it out, Eden. You don't need to worry just keep your eyes on me and who cares what anybody else thinks if all I had was Jesus I'd be more than okay if you were the only person on this planet with just Jesus you'd be having you'd have the time like sometimes you just got to get it real stripped down to just the bare minimum and go wow I just realized I didn't finish the story of Jairus <laughs> I'll make one last point so Jesus, uh, he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus' home. And he saw a, tum- a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to this commotion, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And then they ridiculed him. They didn't believe him, right? He, give them, he gave them an opportunity to see it differently and they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, (laughs) I love that. All right, you don't believe me? Get outside. (laughs) I don't need you here if you don't believe me. I can do this without you. Um, Don't be the person who ridicules him and gets thrown outside. He took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. Let me tell you, when you take Jesus at his word, And you begin the discipline of, I say no to fear. I say no to worry. I say no to stress. I say no to anxiety. I say no to gossip. I say no to everything that is evil. And I cling to what is good, like Romans says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. So let's call evil what evil is. Poverty, sickness, gossip, adultery, sexual immorality, pride, strife, envy, envy. If you can call it for what it is, your heart will take a stand. And when you in those moments of temptation or those lies come in, you go, are you kidding me? I hate that. I cling to my savior. I cling to his joy, his love, his peace. And what you will find is you will be amazed, just like Jairus and his wife. But I wanna end with this. I wanna get to the point where I believe God so fully, I am no longer amazed, I am expectant of it. It shouldn't surprise us that God loves us, that he's good, that his favor's upon us, that he wants to break the sickness in your life, that he wants to see anxiety and depression fall off your mind. It shouldn't surprise us. I'm not talking about removing the awe. I'm in awe of who he is and what he does through me. But if I'm his child, then I'm his child and I get all the benefits, and I should expect it. So let's get our heart to that place. Let's trust Jesus with those six simple words. Do not be afraid, only believe, and let's learn the word, and live the word, and speak it, and your heart will get in line. Because you show your heart, no, this is what we believe now, and it goes, oh, oh, okay, she's saying this all the time, she really believes it. And your mouth is so powerful in what it does to direct your life. There's so much more I wanna say, but I pray that Holy Spirit just ministers to you through what I've said and as you seek him, I know, I know that walls of fear were broken today because that is the power of our savior that is the power of holy spirit and you can walk out today a different person because of jesus not because of me not because of what i said but because your heart dared to believe the word that went forth because it is for you he has called you by name you don't need to stay in the waiting room of life of fear and you can shake it off and believe him amen amen Amen. well would you bow your heads with me god we thank you for your goodness we thank you for who you are And God, I just thank you that there are those here today who who are gonna come to know you, who are gonna come to see the goodness and the joy of of following you and being filled with your presence. And if that's you today, if you'd like to start a relationship with him, and you're not sure if, if if he's filled your spirit, you don't know if you've maybe invited him and believed that Jesus died for you. You know, it says that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that God's spirit comes in. And you are righteous he sets you free and he ends off that passage by saying everyone who believes in Jesus will never be disappointed amen so if that's you in this place would you raise your hand if that's you want to pray that prayer you want to invite Jesus thank you anybody else just raise it nice and high thank you thank you awesome thank you thank you thank you thank you Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you back there. Thank you, Lord. You love us so much. If I didn't see your hand, God saw it. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I believe that your son, Jesus, died for me. I want to serve you and follow you. Thank you that you're always with me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Awesome. Congratulations to those of you who prayed the prayer.